wanted to explore, you know, what what does creativity mean to all of us here? Um, you know, today we have quite a diverse pool. We have a drama educator, uh, Adi, uh, who is, you know, a, a drama educator, a playwright. He's been an actor since uh, 2006, uh, based on my LinkedIn stalking of your profile, Adi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Okay, I hope I got that right. That's good. Yeah. You yeah. um, also have Jade. Jade is a creative director, you know, um, uh, and, and has had over 20 years in advertising, you know, from the likes of Ogilvy. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so many times as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In so many different settings. Oh my God. I bet you're sick of hearing it from me. <laughs> Yeah, um, but so obviously, you know, in, in Jit's role, you know, uh, creativity is such a big part of what he does on a day-to-day basis. So it'd be interesting to hear his views as well, mm. um, you know. And uh, we also have uh, Adil, uh, who is an expert in critical logistics. He's been doing it for a few decades now. He's the COO of a very successful SME in the critical logistics space, um, you know, and, and I guess... One thing about critical logistics, as we will probably hear very soon after, um, what is, you know, unique about it is that every day, you know, it changes. The demands of your clients changes, the the situation changes, you know. So uh, that that is something that I think uh, is, is very unique to hear, you know, how does creativity apply or does it even apply, you know, to, to logistics in that sense. Um, and of course, we have uh, Dr. Wayna Du, who's a data scientist. She's had over a decade, you know, in firms like Rakuten, A-Star, OCBC. So again, you know, as someone who's a data scientist, you know, how does creativity apply to her field? Uh, so maybe I'll just get the ball rolling, you know. Um, uh, we'll, we'll do a quick introduction. Everybody can chip in and then let's see how it goes. Maybe we'll start off with, Adi, Adi here. Uh, we'll probably go in alphabetical order. <laughs> okay, Ken. Uh, yeah. So, what are we? We just introduce ourselves at this moment. Yeah, tell yes. us more about yourself. You know what what you do, and and what do you think about creativity and how it applies to what you do? I guess, yeah. Mm, okay, so my name is Adi, uh, and you've already done a wonderful introduction uh, about myself, uh, actor, director. But uh, I always tell everyone, like, uh, at the heart of it all, I am actually an educator, and I am more interested in teaching uh, drama in classes. And usually in drama classes, uh, there's this like strong emphasis on the concept of creativity and like uh, thinking of ways to do things differently and also to kind of like uh, find uh, possible solutions that have not really been thought of. The uh, issues that I have usually with creativity is that uh, a lot of times uh, uh, teachers uh, uh, or like policy makers, they feel like, oh, we need to encourage uh, creativity in our students. But at the same time, they have this fear that if the students were to think creatively, they might be disruptive. And that is something that I feel like uh, a lot of like parents are worried about because like, you know, when you want to be creative, at times you need to really step out of the lines and like really explore what is out there. And like being an Asian, being in an Asian country, conservative country at like Singapore, 
sometimes uh, the idea of uh, creativity is being frowned upon because like, uh, you know, you have to sometimes go against tradition. You have to go against things that you have done for the past few years the same way that, uh, and thus making it part of tradition and culture. And then you have to explore what else can be done. And sometimes during your exploration, you will come across uh, things that you thought would be more interesting than what have already been practiced so far. And some people, they feel like, oh, you know, we shouldn't explore that side, that new things. We should just stick to like the, what we have been having for the past few years. Uh, we should stay with what is safe. So uh, being creative, I feel, is also about taking risk and like not just about being safe. So th there's a lot of this grappling of like, uh, we want our students to be creative, but at the same time, we don't want to take, to let them take the risk. Yeah, so oh, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm always challenged with, yeah. Do, do you see that in, um, like for example, was there any situation that comes to mind where this played out? Like, you know, um, it could be, I don't know, a new way that you tried to introduce or maybe even, I, I'm not sure if you teach syllabus, for instance, but what are some instances where, you know, that was apparent to you? Okay, <laughs> there is this one time I was trying to do this uh, exercise, which we call the magic stone exercise. So the, uh, during this magic stone exercise, we will encourage the students to think like of themselves being this magical stone that can transform themselves into any objects that we would want. Uh, so I will say things like, magic stone, magic stone, I want a tree, a house or whatever. And then they have to form up that shape uh, of the items that I want uh, using their body. So uh, the first time when I tried it, I said, magic stone, magic stone, I want a tree. So like a, a typical students would usually just stand up straight, have their hands widespread to symbolize that that is a tree. And yeah, then okay. I just have this one particular student who happened to be just on the floor. Okay. He lies down on the floor and then he puts his hands up onto his forehead like as if like he is having like a headache. Yeah. And that is his interpretation of like what a tree is. Okay. And then the, the teachers frowned upon it and he, the teacher was like, how can you do this? This is not a tree. This, this is like some ridiculous thing. Uh, I don't want you to like misbehave. And I was like, uh, why are you putting like you know like your own definition of what is a tree and what is right what is wrong on a student who's just trying to explore because okay. like a tree could be anything and the student actually spoke up and said that oh I'm just trying to show that I am a fallen tree which I thought was brilliant and creative but the yeah. teachers was not taking it and she was like no I don't want that and I was like, wow. yeah. So that is some of the example that I have whereby teachers want their students to be creative, but mm -hmm, then they mm -hmm. impose their own like values of what is right and wrong onto the students. And then like, you know, in, in that sense, kind of like cordon off the, the, the students from like exploring on their own and to find out what is on the other side, what is really creativity, yeah. Wow, okay, that's very interesting. So it's like almost as if, you know, you can be creative as long as you meet these certain boundaries or you stay within these like boundaries. For example, as a tree, you stand up. Yeah. And you, you, you are tall because in, in my mind, trees are all tall, for example. Yeah. Wow, okay, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I see that a lot. Uh, I mean, personally, as a student in the Singapore, you know, syllabus, um, you know, oftentimes when we studied, for example, in the O levels, that was true, right? Like we, there were standard answers that we were kind of uh, aged towards. Like we were taught, you know, these are the types of model answers that you have to more or less 
uh, mirror very closely in order to hit the grounds. And if there's anyone who dared to like, uh, I think go the unconventional route, it's frowned upon because it's not safe and therefore you know there's no guarantee of your results and this and that. Correct. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Maybe I'll I'll like to you know just on that idea, Jit. Um, what what are your thoughts, right? Uh, with regards to what Adi just shared, right? Like, yeah. do you see this playing out? For example, in the creative field, uh, in advertising, right? So where obviously you have two two things that are influencing you. One is obviously the need to stand out with real creative ideas, but at the same time, there's that pressure of delivering on time and and perhaps you know there's almost like a recipe of creativity that has yeah. been proven to work. Um, and and you yeah. need to please clients as well. So how how do you see that playing out in advertising, for instance? Yeah, before before I get to advertising, though, it's really interesting to hear kind of Addy talking about how creativity from a kind of school context as well. Because when I, when I first got into well, the reason I got into advertising actually was when I went to school at first. Um, um, I didn't want to do too many kind of like sort of maths and science subjects, so I actually did this like theatre studies course in A levels and. That was all about just kind of storytelling and I thought it would just be fun but that's kind of really sparked my kind of like um, creative kind of pursuit and kind of I think ended up leading me to sort of where I am today but it was really interesting to sort of hear the point of view of allowing sort of um, you know people to be quite free and kind of open and I think that's what creativity for me really is all about it's, a, it's kind of like a mindset and it's having a mindset where you're kind of very open and kind of, you know, very open to new ideas. And the opposite, when I was sort of growing up in the UK, actually, was the teachers in our class were kind of always pushing us to actually be a lot more braver and be a lot more sort of silly and a lot more foolish. And they were actually, I realised they were kind of creating a very safe kind of environment because our class was quite small. And it actually took a lot of kind of pushing from them to actually get us to a stage where we were really sort of trying sort of silly things and comfortable to fail around each other. And that actually created a very sort of strong bond between the group. And I found myself kind of getting more and more into it, you know, just kind of being more creative and thinking things and that generated new ideas. So it's really interesting to sort of hear Addy's point of view here in the sort of system, maybe in Asia is a little bit different where people are trying to impose what they think creativity is on people rather than being very open and allowing it to kind of flourish because no one really you know, no one's definition of creativity is right or wrong it's just purely kind of feelings and emotions but the mindset of how it's created is actually very different and I think that's kind of important for how it kind of develops further on down the line so yeah right. I think yeah and I just think maybe it's a kind of a cultural thing as well because since kind of coming from an Asian background as well growing up in England I was always a little bit reserved as well but you kind of push yourself a bit more because you're in that environment but maybe here in in Asia as well it's a lot people are a lot more reserved so the opposite is you've got to really push people to get to that sort of stage before it becomes a bit more natural and stuff because I think culturally in Asia we're a bit too afraid to lose space and kind of you know do something a bit silly um and stuff like that as well so right yeah that was a interesting sort of opposite kind of point of view of what I kind of experienced I think wow okay yeah, yeah. That, that is cool um, I don't know to what extent do you guys see this um, you know growing um, preference for proven ways as opposed to new untested 
novel ways of doing things, right? In in your own field, uh, you know, both mm. in in uh, advertising and for Adi in in acting uh, and and in playwriting, you know. I mean, to what extent? Because obviously. I mean, for both these industries, uh, there's pressures, you know, with regards to say your clients or whether it's the funding, you know, like for example, <laughs> I can imagine, uh, funding for for theater or, or drama is is possibly limited, and as a result, you know, uh, there's a lot of pressure on on how to probably perform and 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 uh, use uh, tried and tested ways, I suppose, uh, of of what works. So I mean, to what extent do you see that as a growing force, and and how can we how can we balance that, right? Because it, I mean, in an ideal world, we can say no, you know, uh, tried and tested ways are not important. But obviously, we face that pressure. Um, how do you guys grapple with that? Well, I think in advertising, like creativity is always got to be a little bit kind of balanced between achieving the sort of client's brief because at the end of the day it, it is a business so if it was a pure creative industry it'll be i mean it's not a pure creative industry because then it would be like you know like an addy sort of play being a playwright or being a, a visual artist or painter or something but in advertising you've got to you've got to add creativity to sort of make the work stand out get the message across reach the objective but there's always a brief you have to meet so that's always the sort of balance between how far you can sort of push it so it's always going to be it's always going to have constraints so you try and what you try and do is you try and push it as much as you can but make sure that the the key sort of objectives always sort of being met and always being reached and that does limit you to sort of how far you can go so you find techniques of just uh you know tweaking little things pushing little things further and further to try and to make it stand out obviously in the creative mm-hmm. process as well you work with lots of different people so you always want their input you always add to something and then together you make something that can kind of stand out but not not completely go off track so it you know doesn't work at all and then we've wasted our clients money kind of thing so you always right. have to kind of balance that right 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 interesting okay uh, i like uh what you mentioned about the brief because actually for for theatre in Singapore, uh, there is a, a brief that we have to like also meet, uh, similar to like the uh, creative brief that advertising firms usually have. Uh, like for example, like when we apply for fundings with the NAC, they will give you this like list of do- do's and don'ts, and the list of do's will include like, oh your work have to kind of like uh, provide uh, a alternative perspectives and views about like uh say the society but at the same time uh while you provide the alternative views you cannot promote alternative lifestyle then wow, okay. yeah so then there, there's this like like fine balance like what do we do so if you were to cross over and like you know be deemed as like those people who who promote alternative lifestyle and this alternative lifestyle could be anything from like uh like gender uh, or like uh anything that's outside of like the the religion that has been accepted in Singapore right uh, the moment you step out of that you are totally disqualified from like fundings wow. uh yeah so so at times we as the art practitioners part of our creativity goes into 
thinking of how to work around and like poke a loopholes so that <laughs> right. so that we can push our agenda at the same time seem like as if we are still within the line yeah so that i thought that that is like uh something that i thought was uh, interesting in the, in my line of work because it's always about like thinking of ways to maneuver around uh, right uh which is then uh, uh i don't know because like a lot of times people think of our uh, creativity as uh a mean or a way to create something mm. but uh to me i think creativity could also mean that you don't create something that is tangible uh but it's more of like uh you kind of like maneuvering around in life for example and like uh, i always teach my students i always tell them that you know like whatever that you learn in drama it doesn't mean that you will become an actor or you become a performer but it just provide you with a safe platform to just uh test and explore uh so that when you are in your own real life situations you can like you know that okay these are the things that i've explored so let's see what works now Right. Yeah. So, so it doesn't need say, to be right? tangible. Yeah. Would you yeah. say because of certain barriers and boundaries that have been imposed, you are now forced to be even more creative, or would you say, <laughs> like, uh, like a bane, you know, to to your your practice of being an art practitioner? I mean, it it goes both ways. Some people find it as a bane because, like you know, with the whole censorship things and like there there are a lot of like things that you couldn't explore. Uh, but for me, it just provides you with like additional challenges to just like you know be more creative in thinking of ways to like uh, maneuver around. Uh, it's just like right. our, like how we live our lives. Like I mean, like it just because there's an obstacle in front of us, we don't just stop living. We just right. have to figure out like ways to survive and like w- other ways to kind of like continue on living. Okay. Mm. Nice, nice. So maybe let's jump to like something quite different on the other end, right? Uh, let's speak to Adil if Adil is here in the room. Uh, so as as an expert in critical logistics, you know, um, how what what are your thoughts on creativity and and how does that play out to you know in your day to day life and your way that you work? I uh, would love to hear your thoughts as well. Hi, hi. Good evening, everyone. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, can yeah. hear you really well. Yeah. yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, hi, Adi. Um, hello, Kyra. Hello. Faisal. Kyra, thanks for the introduction, and Adi, thanks for um, the good sharing. Jit, your comments were very well too. And yes, um, I've been hearing you guys. I'm a bit new to a house party, so don't mind me. I was like clubhouse. Bit, yeah, clubhouse. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, same, same. My first as well. <laughs> yeah, same here. It's my first. <laughs> yeah. So back on to cre- creativity with me in the critical logistics. Um, area yeah so what i would say is it's mainly about problem solving just give you something about a guy was into i was interviewing yesterday it was a very different interview yesterday what i had and this was a interview for an it position and my it manager gave an algebra question to the person um coming for the interview and I was wondering why, and then he told me this is how he wanted to ca- he wanted to test um, how this particular candidate can problem solve. So I was thinking, hey, this is not an IT question. I looked at it; it was just a 
algebra question, you see. And yeah, this is one of the things that I was thinking about, creativity. And what Adi says just now, and the more conventional type, um, what Jade was mentioning about advertising. But if you really ask me about creativity, and I think some can agree with me strongly, and I think almost everyone can agree with me, that you got to be a bit naughty if you want to be uh, creative. You need, I mean, out of the box mostly, you see, but sometimes you can be a bit naughty as well when you're doing, uh, when you want to be creative because you've got to get a bit um, unconventional. So, yeah, like me, I deal with all different kind of levels, actually. I'm a different kind of COO, but I'm on the ground in the middle and on top at the same time. So, when, what is the most creative is uh, if, um, what I see usually is in my ground staff. Sometimes we get into problems where the cargo cannot fit into the truck and somehow or other they use some methods, you know, to make sure that it get in because it's actually critical logistics. Of course, they put into safety and all in play and make sure that the cargo is delivered uh, on time, on target. And mm. some of the times you really see the effort they put in. And when I take a look at it and I was thinking if they were conventional and if they did follow every single rules of the book, uh, this wouldn't be possible. So that's how right. I could relate to Adi and what Jade was mentioning as well, you see. Right, um, you gotta be brave to break the rules sometimes. Basically. Yes, maybe okay. you wanna swim just by the by the lines, you know, not yeah. here, not there, you see. So right. this is uh, my concept, my idea and the daily things, what's happening every day and this is what I see. Okay, that, that's yeah. really cool, yeah. Uh, was Thank that, you, Tara. Yeah, was that... Um, I mean, you were sharing about, you know, how you need to, like, break the rules a little bit here and there. I was wondering if Wena had some thoughts about that, you know, as a data scientist, Wena. Um, do you see yourself also, you know, breaking rules here and there? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so depending on how you define rules, right? I think in science, there are just, like, so many rules to follow that, uh, you uh, same like art science need I mean severely need a uh, creativity because like all the breakthroughs in science need creativity but just like it's really rare most of our work is like routine you have to be trained like 10 years then you apply your uh, skills that trained and you just wait for the creativity to come to your mind but right. yeah of course but I think uh, similar with that most creativities are uh, required to solve some problem. So mm -hmm. once you face something you need to solve, either it's, it's through thinking or through uh, create some tangible things. I mean, thinking is intangible, right? Uh, but through creating some tangible things also, uh, I've been thinking uh, there is some example in science that may, can, may serve as a good example for people to think about it. Uh, you you know the benzene ring it is like a chemical structure uh-huh a carbon structure in ring right so but normally uh the car um so the chemical structures are in chains before calcula uh can like how to say he discovered this structure it's through a dream so when he wow. was he's a german chemist and he was sleeping and he dreamed this uh snake 
who bite its own tail. So that for it's it form a ring. So he think okay. So benzene is not a chain. The structure should be a ring. So ever since then, we can discover all the different benzene-based uh, molecular structures. I mean, to discover a lot of functions in our body and in materials. I mean, uh, it's quite, quite a fundamental discovery in chemi chemistry field. Um, so generally in science as well. So such a discovery needs some creativity because um, he's been thinking about this task like for his whole month or half a year. So that's why he can drink such things. And then he right. eats a snake and he can relevant the snake to the structure of a benzene and form a ring. So it's quite uh, quite a good effort to to accumulate your knowledge and finally turn into creativity. Um, right. So that's I'm I've been thinking it's a bit different from like Adi's uh, example of um, a person a student uh, trying to be a tree <laughs> to to perform like a tree. Uh, it's different because you really it's not so uh, fancy anymore. You just have to. Uh, build everything on the logical things. Uh, yeah, so you can pretend to be a tree, but you have to uh, be functional as a tree, right? So the creativity is a bit harder. Um, right. Not, it's not like saying harder. It's just like it's a bit uh, dull, <laughs> not so not so free. <laughs> you yeah, have to yeah. build all the creativity on the functionality. You have to really uh, grow trunks and leaves. <laughs> To be a tree, you can't just. I say hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, them. yeah. Actually, Wena, you touched upon something quite interesting, which which I also want to explore further with all of you here. Um, you know, so one thing Wena was sharing about, uh, I don't know who that scientist is. That he, I mean, he's obviously someone very experienced in his field. You know, an yeah. expert who has done many years in it, such that he's even dreaming about benzene structures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's something I wanted to explore. Would you guys think that, that it requires a certain level of proficiency in any field before you can even start thinking out of the box or even know what are the rules that are worth to be tested? Or would you say the benefit of being a newcomer is still better you know so, so i don't know uh, how do you think uh, that applies yeah. yeah in your field right so you know as someone who's new to a field someone's very junior uh, who doesn't understand the rules to even know what is worth <laughs> breaking or not uh, yeah. versus someone who is clearly you know day in day out playing by the rules and then knowing what are the boundaries that he or she can test I don't know what. What do you guys think? Is there a correlation, yeah. or you know? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point actually, because especially um, in advertising as well, you've got to be quite disciplined with like your creative thinking as well, because you you've got to use it to answer a specific problem or brief. And what mm -hmm. I found is, well, actually, it's not really what I found, but creativity is actually it's a very very hard process because it requires a lot of like thinking and a lot of effort and. After a while, your mind naturally, when you're trying to sort of solve a problem, it reaches a point where it actually you just get very tired of it. So when we're trying to sort of like solve a brief, sometimes you'll, you'll come up with like three or four ideas. And then the first, you know, the initial moments are very fun and you enjoy it. But then it actually becomes like really hard work and you have to keep kind of pushing through the barrier and just keep coming up with ideas, keep coming up with ideas. 
And then you realize it does actually take a long time to actually develop that way of thinking. And it's, 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 it's your mind sort of connecting the dots. So what I sort of tell a lot of like junior teams sometime as well is that you have to absorb a lot of information when you want it to sort of solve a particular problem. So you have to put the groundwork in on, on learning sort of what the problem is, how it can be solved, but then you actually have to let your subconscious do its work. So not mm-hmm. try and sort of push it too much. Like get some initial thoughts down, but then if you sort of walk away, go for a walk or do something, your mind's actually still working. And, and it does take a while to actually start trusting your subconscious and letting it kind of do what it needs to do in a kind of relaxed, free environment. And then when you come back to it, some of those connections that you couldn't have thought of before are actually there. So right. when Wayne was sort of saying the story of that scientist, I think, it was probably just the, the all of the bits and the elements were there and in his sleep he was still probably thinking about it but his subconscious kind of maybe made the the link and visualized it and then because of the problem he was trying to solve it kind of all connected the dots kind of thing yeah that that makes a lot of sense i'm sure all of us you know have have experienced a little bit about that right like there's just something that's so big and important and uh, you're, you're constantly working it out in your mind but then you just can't seem to solve it and then you take a break and then suddenly aha you know wow I didn't think about that that way and then it seems clear yeah that's that's really interesting so you're saying Jit uh, if I hear you and understand you correctly that um, it actually takes time to build it truly effective creative thinking right yeah. because it takes practice it takes yeah. uh, discipline you know and and structure if i hear you correctly right? yeah structure as well and you've, you've got to kind of um, learn to sort of absorb kind of information but also apply it to the thing you're trying to achieve or the objective you're trying to achieve and then there's lots of there's lots of kind of elements in creativity or techniques you, you may not realize you're using but there are kind of you know techniques on ideation and thinking of different things um, to sort of, you know, spark your mind. But generally, you've, you've got to kind of maintain a creative mindset. So we always say, like, you know, be very hungry for new information, new knowledge, so always have that mindset. But once mm-hmm. you actually, once you want to focus in on a problem, you actually have to sort of, like, really get the right kind of information to solve the problem and then apply it in a very structured way to actually work out very rationally what's going to work what's not going to work and then Mm. you apply creative thinking to that process to actually get to a solution but in a slightly different way so even though it may appear that you can just like very few people can just hear a problem and then you know within a few hours or two solve it it really takes a lot of research time effort and determination Mm. and stubbornness to actually get to a solution that is really unique and properly creative Right. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Adi, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, do you see that as well playing out in your field? Um, the fact that there is still a need for some kind of structure or even, you know, the, the whole theory about you need to be somewhat an expert or experienced enough in your field to kind of know where and how to test boundaries. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, for me, when I first started uh, writing and being a playwright, uh, I actually didn't, I, I kind of like go the other way. So like I started mm-hmm. off writing just for the sake of writing without have paying much attention to like uh, structure or anything. So I didn't really go into an art school or I didn't go into like a playwright school to be the playwright 
that I am today. So when I started, I just write what I feel was honest and what I feel was like, uh, like makes sense to me. And then uh, slowly, um, from there, I kind of like try to work in, okay, like what are some of the like structures that usually the playwrights here work with and like what are some of the structures that like, you know, say playwrights in like uh, uh, the UK or like US uh, are trying out at the moment. Uh, in that way, I feel like it's more freeing uh, mm -hmm. because because when I initially started off, I it, because when you know a certain structure, when you try to uh, learn uh, like the, the so-called the correct ways and then you, you, you feel that you are being burdened by a lot of laws and rules and like, mm -hmm. and therefore you, you, it kind of add in the intimidation that like you feel intimidated to even try it. Right. And yeah, so then, then you wouldn't take that, that leap of faith. Uh, I see. Where else, if I feel for me, when I do it the other way, whereby I just plunge in first and then like uh, try to figure out everything later on by taking up classes later on, I feel that it's more freeing that, and it's more liberating. It's more uh, like when I finally go for the classes to learn about structures and everything, I am more confident to actually write. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I feel like if I have started it the other way around, I feel so intimidated that I wouldn't even start writing in the first place i see i mm. see but would you say that has to do more with for example um the type of content you want to explore as opposed to for example the skills of of being a playwright or uh, would you say it's actually it applies both ways i think it applies both way because for me okay. i think if i didn't if i feel so intimidated i didn't even try writing uh then I wouldn't even explore like the skills or the content or anything else. Mm, uh, okay. and so when I first started writing, it's more of like an expression, an outlet for, for me, uh, rather than like, oh, uh, I need to like, you know, be in the industry and like, I need to like, uh, really get recognized or something like that. Uh, so it's more of like uh, an outlet for me. So that's why I, when I first mentioned about like the tangible and intangible things, uh, this is what I meant. Like uh, the thing that you, you create, based on your creativity, it does not necessarily equate to something that you can sell, that you can uh, earn a living from. Uh, it's just like a way for you to just like figure out things on yourself, try to make sense of like things that may not even seem logical to you at that point of time, because maybe you are like so uh, overwhelmed with certain emotions or certain thoughts, and then you just need to like kind of like figure out how to like put it in, in papers and like uh, and, and try to make things uh, kind of like logical in that sense for you. So that's why I feel like the whole imagination, mm. sometimes we just need to let children have their own, uh, run with their own imagination, be crazy with their ideas because whatever that is illogical to us might be a way for them to find that logics. Yeah, so it allows them to explore and find their own logics to kind of like explain to themselves like how things are. And then from there, of course, then we, we can slowly guide them to like, you know, learn about like the, the structures and everything. But I feel that that comes in later because I feel if you burden the, the children with like uh, the structures and the rules and the laws, the, it, yeah, it will just turn people off and it will just like uh, make them feel so intimidated by the whole concept of creativity and the whole concept of drama, for example. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So I see, I see something uh, here that, that I feel is worth exploring. Um, so in some ways, right, that 
that newcomer kind of concept, I, I can kind of relate to that because, uh, I mean, just sharing a little bit about me and, and what drives me, I've always been very big on uh, trying new things, I realized. Um, I, I started like a not-for-profit for single mothers. You know, it just felt like it was something that had to be done almost. Uh, and then, and, and it was fun because I felt like I could shape anything and everything with regards to it, you know. Um, but then as time went on, you know, and, and I got exposed to, for example, more established institutions and who have been dealing in that space uh, or, or, you know, with matters regarding that space for a long time. Uh, I started realizing that they felt like, um, oh, you know, there's this new kid on the block who thinks that they know everything and, and who's probably making impact, but it doesn't make sense to do it on yourself. You should actually come join a bigger organization and, and, and you know, help, help, help kind of uh, deal with the agenda at a more strategic level. You know, so I don't know. I feel like there's this, there's this dichotomy almost. Like on one hand, those who in some ways are willing to take that risk of trying something untested uh, and therefore, you know, in doing so, gain some kind of recognition for daring to do so. <laughs> Sometimes they get absorbed by like the mainstream or they get like pushed, uh, you know, to the mainstream agenda and then it becomes difficult because now there are other forces at play, right? Because now you... It's no longer about just you trying to do what matters. It's also about you influencing other stakeholders so that your agenda that you thought was important remains important and your agenda that you thought is important can be executed at a level and at, uh, at, at, at the impact that you want to. So I'm just wondering, uh, do you guys see this as well? I mean, um, so there's a mix. I think all of us here have had some sort of employment, you know, history where we worked for firms and who had certain rules in that sense and also have been bosses of our own companies or our own initiatives or startups or not-for-profits. Uh, I, was, I was wondering maybe, Adul, do you see something like that, you know, uh, playing out, you know, as, as, a, as a person who has been in an SME who needs to obviously be very agile in its thinking and its footing and very daring but then now that you, I think you you guys have been in the scene for about three decades or more uh, do you see this slowly changing towards becoming like uh, you know let's play by the rules you know let's let's go with proven and tested methods or you know let's not shake the boat too much you know there's certain things that will work there's certain things that won't and uh, you trying to change things is not going to do do us good because we don't know how much risk that carries. Do you see that as a as a uh, concern in in your field, for instance? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question and the opportunity, Kyra. Sure. So basically, there's two ways where we can look at upon it. You see, like um, being an SME for thirty years right being very lean and agile as well yes at some point during certain situations we want to play it safe but other times where the opportunity is there like many other times i would say where the opportunities are there and it's relevant we will not play it safe we would just go loud and big or just go probably even in a different direction you see mm. so, do you do you intentionally 
uh, encourage, for example, alternative ideas? Is that something that you push for amongst your staff, for example? Right. Right, okay. Here I would say this would be the difference between a MNC and a SME. So right. the hierarchy level is very, um, how do I say, it's very small. Um, the layers are just too little here, you see? Yeah. So the room for creativity and to hear staff's ideas and to, and to actually um, take on staff ideas would be um, more easier and there are less red tapes. So yes, being an SME, in my opinion, yes, there is a, a good room for being creative. Then again, it also depends on the situation, um, how creative you want to get, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can be creative, got to still keep your limits to it because there is still um, some kind of a reputation to uphold so that you can't go too over the top. That brings back uh, to what Adi says about the um, student and the teacher, you see, and the teacher telling the student off for doing a tree. And I was thinking about it while hearing the, um, the result of you uh, speak, I was also thinking about what Adi mentioned just now. Yes, for a student, yeah, you got to leave them full creative, you know, let them just pour everything out. But I don't think so. Uh, um, it's okay all the time when it comes to an organization. Sometimes we got to follow the lines, sometimes we can go above and below. It really depends on the situation. Okay, that's that's really cool. Yeah, it reminds me of this story. You know, like uh, in Sony, uh, in the past when they actually had to come up with uh, inventions, some of the greatest inventions. Like I think, if I'm not wrong, even the PlayStation was a result of uh, you know a couple of engineers kind of working secretly on their projects, uh, without their superiors knowing about it. Uh, and and you know, in my mind, I'm like thinking, wow, you know. It obviously takes a certain kind of, uh, you know, employees who are so driven uh, and, and who are so committed that they're willing to pay, I mean, put that time on top of their usual working hours to develop something they're passionate about. But it's not something that all employees would do, especially in this day and age, you know. So how, how do, I don't know, companies actually facilitate that, right? That, that's, that's kind of like the big question, I think. Um, and... Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's important to create like a creative culture. Like, like Adil was saying, you can't always do whatever sort of you know the ideas that come up. But if you if you sort of foster a creative environment and creative culture where people aren't afraid to sort of say things and they're not afraid to sort of you know say things even if they think they're silly, you actually start creating an environment where ideas become like more commonplace. So people start trying things and then someone says something and that sparks something in someone else and then that other person adds on to it and you, you basically then nurture this creative environment and it's really important to sort of in that environment make sure that there's no kind of judging and people aren't afraid to sort of say anything and then nothing's you know sort of nothing sort of like sacred or whatever once that environment's created you can still as a sort of like management level or whatever you choose what to go forward with but 
the important sort of side of it is to allow that culture to sort of exist and encourage it and uh, facilitate it and you know encourage people to sort of like get those kind of ideas out but then you always have to in business kind of take a step back and say that okay you know some of these things that just aren't going to work because they're going to be either too expensive or too crazy or whatever but there's a difference between cultivating that kind of culture and mindset within people and allowing them to sort of speak freely then you know and sort of actually implementing everything as well so like to your earlier point Kyra it is good to have some kind of fearless thinking and some kind of fearless approach and then some people who are willing to try stuff but then there's always got to be you know because we live in the real world and the business world you've always got to apply some kind of like thinking and logic to that but it is important I think to actually make sure that this culture is nurtured and cultivated and that I think comes down to sort of the management and the, the culture that the company want to build themselves as well. Right, right. Yeah. I think I totally agree uh, that the big companies or the entire society can provide, if they are able, right, they can provide such an environment to nurture the creativity. Like what I know, uh, in as a data scientist, we have two types of projects. One is top down, where the managers or higher management asks us to do, uh, mm -hmm. or you can just like, do another type of project, which is bottom up. Uh, then uh, in this case, you just design something. It's like really like our startups. You have your initiative, <laughs> you start to do it. Then you deliver your results to your uh, like managers. And if they see it's good, then it's finally get deployed. You get a very high KPI as well. And actually you are paid to do so. Uh, in Google and the Facebook, uh, actually, I think they have extra money. So <laughs> they just pay someone uh, like, doing something random like what whatever you like to do you just spend a day do that and i i pay you as usual um yeah so i think that's really nurture uh, i mean as a data scientist really give you some free time and uh, free environment to to do that thing and be that feeling obligation to deliver something people ask you to do and yeah art like startup as well right uh, i think I think that government or investors should encourage us to do some initiatives, give us spendings, and so on. <laughs> to, to think about creativity or <laughs> encourage creativity, maybe. Yeah, right. So uh, because our initiative, initiative is like kind of like one type of creativity, right? So we create this idea and this um, structure of our business. I mean, this like in the in the general way, but I, I don't know the definition whether it's really suitable to to call it creativity. But I think uh, the society and the investors should support such uh, uh, initiatives. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I mean, for example, the World Economic Forum itself has has said that creativity is so important, especially because we have technologies that are rep, uh, you know doing all the repetitive tasks that require very little value add and then you know when machines and robots essentially can replace most of the low value uh, work streams you know the emphasis on on what humans for example can do as opposed to say uh, robots for example uh, is is really thinking out of the box right or spotting you know uh, disparate dots and, and trying to make sense of how uh, we can add value through those connections that people wouldn't be able to see in that sense. Uh, so it's been very interesting. I, I would also like to ask Faisal. Faisal, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> like since the beginning, you know, um, do you have any thoughts uh, or like, you know, any comments or any 
I mean, what, what do you think about creativity? How does it apply to your field? Anything at all you want to share? We'd, we'd love to hear from you as well. Faisal, are you there? Yeah, okay. Sorry, I think Faisal is having some uh, technical difficulty oh. with his <laughs> microphone. Oh dear, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No worries, but, Faisal. I mean, I mean, if you manage to fix it, that would be mm. great to hear. Uh, but I actually want to highlight uh, I, how I, you know, this whole talk, uh, it has been, it has boiled down then to now uh, the whole idea of culture and nurture, right? Because that, mm. those are the two words that I, I heard uh, the other uh, speakers are highlighting. And I like this whole idea of like uh, 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 creativity as being uh, something that has to be nurtured and uh, it's something that we have to put in, in as a form of a culture. Because uh, I think this is very important because a lot of the time, uh, most of us, because in this age and uh, time whereby everything needs to be like an instant grad kind of a culture, like instant gratification, whereby you do something and therefore you have to see the results then and then. Mm. But I think we need to change that mindset and we need to think creativity as a part of a culture, something that you need to nurture and you need to take a long time for. Before you see fruit. Right. Yeah, before you see fruit. the higher chances of you actually reaping fruits from that you know practice uh, and and you're right you know i think uh, in this day and age where i think there's pressures from both you know the top and the bottom you know and, and in terms of like you know uh, maximizing your bottom line making more profits you know and that especially in more established firms has resulted in a preference for lower risk or in, in a way proven ways of achieving something uh, and I see that especially in Singapore I think because like what Jit mentioned a little bit about culture you know a little bit about how we are in some ways maturing as well we're only 50 years old we're a very young nation but uh, I mean its growth has been quite spectacular and therefore it has kind of perhaps given rise to a certain way of living uh, you know uh, it, and that has you know, shown to be true in many fields, right? From education to, you know, the kind of uh, the standard way of living, you know, like a young adult is expected to get married by a certain age. So you, you, you sign up for a BTO flat from HDB and then you get a house in a couple of years. I mean, I feel like that is, there's always the mainstream way and, and that becomes the preferred way because uh, it seems to be associated with less risk, right? But 
on the other hand that that next big growth that ne- next big wave or you know for example when a huge thing like the covid pandemic hits everybody and everything you've known to be true has been upturned overnight uh suddenly you know if you haven't been able to harness creative thinking i think the ability to bounce back in a much faster way would be a huge challenge i think i think we've seen that to be true and um i think it's it's probably more appreciated and that there's a need to explore and be open to alternative ways of doing things and i hope alternative ways of thinking about things um so yeah it's been great kind of hearing your thoughts on all that uh we we have you know four more minutes before we hit nine i think it's a good good time to kind of also wrap up anyone wants to you know just share your parting thoughts you know on creativity uh yeah would love to hear your thoughts as well as we wrap up uh, yeah i can start because i really feel inspired because when you say like in singapore uh like your life is like uh a sort of a range but not so much a range they have something like it's the best to to get married and uh, to go to this school and to do that. So it's kind of like, um, actually, I enjoy that. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I I should enjoy that. I feel it's not bad. Uh, I like to be arranged a bit. Uh, but uh, to to be creative, uh, you could also break the rules, right? Then you could right. try something. But then not all the creativity will lead to, um, to very good breakthrough. Maybe you end That's up true. not so well as the arranged way. So it's just like a trial and error, trial and error. So until you you get a uh, through your creativity, you try a few times, then you end up into a better way. Then we can just arrange our life in that way. That's what I think. Uh, it's quite quite a like a data science type of thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that is really cool. You know, like I I I sometimes worry because I feel like, you know, more and more because of the I see this in my own social circles right um there's a popular way i think every society has a popular uh, right. way of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the unpopular way but then because the popular way is so so like uh tried and tested uh yeah. and and it is adopted by maybe 80% sometimes the alternative way is not given enough space to be shared as an alternative way even yeah and, Yeah and sometimes I get scared because I feel like slowly but surely you know this whole concept of living in your own echo chamber is making us very how do I say this very close minded if I may go you know as far as that um yeah and, and I personally get scared yeah, yeah because I worry uh I I worry that it will pay off in in other ways right like so this is quite unrelated unrelated uh, but somewhat yeah, related i understand yeah yeah right so you experience different thing even it's rare then you still like end up earning the good getting some new experience and happy days i think it's, yeah not bad to try exactly yeah i do we wanted to share something as well on yes that. taking a little bit today from jade adi and vena and of course from kaira kind of um sum it up and also from my experience throughout the years kind of realize the fact that of course discipline and experience right with also a little bit of a gap and room for a particular person or a project to try something different a little bit that's where you can actually see the true colors 
of uh, the creativity. I think in that way we can actually appreciate it. Um, that's uh, my parting. This is something I like to share before we part. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for for that. Anyone else wants to uh, share your parting thoughts? Hello. Can you <laughs> hear me now? Up? Yeah. No. It's a really, really good sort of session just to hear everyone's point of view. And yeah, I think overall, like the best fuel for creativity is always change. And I think we're kind of now seeing so much change with like not just technology, but you know, new things happening. And I think it's just a perfect fertile ground for lots of people to be creative, try new things, be a bit brave, be a bit fearless and you know, hopefully mm-hmm. just create really cool, interesting new things. So it's exciting. Right, cool. And um Adi, you wanna say something? Uh I think it's a parting thought. Uh for me, creativity is really I mean, like, so most of us actually practice it on a day-to-day basis. It's just a matter of whether we want to acknowledge it being uh, a creative process or otherwise. And like I say uh, just now, uh, creativity doesn't mean that you create uh, something that is tangible. Sometimes it's, in, it's really intangible. Like, for mm-hmm. example, like the way you maneuver your life on a day-to-day basis, like mm-hmm. simple problems, like if I, I couldn't take the lift, then what, could, what else could I do? That kind of decision-making is... Mm-hmm part of like creative process so right. to me yeah creativity uh to me it applies on like your your life like where, whatever profession you do or whatever age you are at that is uh, there is a creative creative process in the way you lead your life at times mm-hmm. yeah right i think that's a an awesome way to wrap up actually because um i think it's true right it's, it, it really depends on how we understand creativity it's uh, oftentimes associated with certain fields more than others, but increasingly, I mean, COVID is a perfect example of showing how uh, overnight everybody has is forced to be creative because you need to innovate and, and introduce new ways of doing your business or, or working, uh, working from home, for example. Everyone learned Zoom overnight, you know, so it's, it's, it's been amazing and I agree. Uh, the time couldn't be more right, I suppose, for experimenting and, and continuing on this journey. Uh, but yeah, once again, thank you very much, uh, everybody. It seems I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot and uh, I hope you had as much fun as me. And yeah, let's continue to you know do whatever we can to foster creativity in both our professional and personal lives. And I hope that gives us value uh, over the long run. All right. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest of your night uh, and weekend. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye. 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 See you again soon. Thank you. Bye. 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 Yeah.